You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Welcome back, friends. We are continuing on with our theme of origins this season. And in today's episode, we're talking about birthing babies and blogs. This was a season of our life when there was a lot of new life happening around our homestead, the two-legged kind, the four-legged kind, and the digital kind. So here we go. So we bought our house in 2008 and we decided that 2009-2010 we wanted to start a family and it was always kind of the plan from the beginning that I would quit my job whenever I got pregnant so I could stay at home with our kids that was just something that was really important to me my mom was a stay-at-home mom and not to mention driving to my job and then paying for daycare the cost of daycare and the gas money would have negated my income as a vet tech. So it just made a lot of sense from multiple angles for me to be the one to stop working and stay home with the babies. So got pregnant. I was sicker than a dog with actually all three of my pregnancies, but definitely the first one, which is always a shocker when you're going through it the first time and you're like, I'm gonna die because I can't stop throwing up. But yep, that was me. Um, The first trimester was definitely the worst. And I did get a little bit better in the second and third trimester. But man, that that first one, I just don't do well with pregnancy. My body is not a fan. But I made it through. And we welcomed our first daughter into the world, Mesa Eve Winger. So we got the name. People always comment on the names. And for a long time when I was starting my blog, I didn't share my kids' names. And then once we started YouTube, I'm like, you know, they're going to, their names are going to be said on, on camera. So I do, I do share their names now, but Mesa actually, I had that one tucked away for a long time. Believe it or not. I think I had seen a horse named Mesa and I just thought it was so pretty that I wanted to name a child that. So there you have it. (laughs) That's where that came from. And her middle name Eve comes from the original Christian winger clan who initially uh, immigrated to America. I think they're from Switzerland, but the, the patriarch of that crew was a guy named Christian winger and his wife was named Eve winger. So we thought, you know, Mesa was our first child and the first granddaughter on both of our family's sides. So we thought naming her Eve after the first winger woman would be fitting. So that's where that came from. Anyway, so we brought her home from the hospital and I'll never forget that feeling. I know a lot of you moms can relate to that. It's just, it was like this twilight zone of, holy cow, we're parents and how are we going to keep her alive? I remember the first time I carried her up the stairs, I was just sure I was going to drop her and break her and 
yeah, it's just funny. All those thoughts, the first time mom thoughts. But the first thing we did when we brought her home was take her out to the barn and introduce her to all the animals because we knew that would be a huge part of her childhood. And as we were talking about having kids, preparing for this moment, Christian and I knew that this little property that we had purchased, it was really important that our kids be raised in that farm lifestyle with the animals and have all those pieces. Cause that was something that him and I had both really craved in our own childhood. So we were really excited to be able to give that to our kids. So that first, so she was born in April. So I had the summer with her, which was great because I could get back outside and get fresh air and ride my horse again, which was fine and dandy. And then we started creeping into winter and our Wyoming winters are very long, especially when you live 30 plus miles from town, you don't know a lot of people and you're limited on gas money. So here I was a pretty type A person stuck in a very small house with a newborn while Christian was working his full-time job. And I started to go stir crazy. Have you ever met a border collie, a border collie dog? If you have, you know that border collies like to work. And if you do not allow a border collie to work, they start to get weird (laughs) and they fixate on things. And if a border collie is not allowed to do its thing, sometimes they'll like develop twitches and they will like stare at gates and obsess over doors opening and closing and stuff like that. And I kind of started to feel like a border collie and the walls started to close in and I would clean obsessively. Like cleaning is good, but maybe cleaning to the point where I was cleaning was maybe a little too much. But anyway, I was starting to go crazy because I just needed more to do. My brain has always been a little bit on the hyper side. I need to have a lot of stimulation. And I loved being a mom. I, I really did, truly loved that those newborn stages, but I needed, I needed something else just to keep my brain popping. And the garden, which I had started th- at that point, gave me something to do in the summer and the spring, but in the winter. And as you know, winters are 18 months long here. <laughs> there was nothing. So I needed a way to channel my boredom. And at that point, I was cooking a little bit more, right? I don't think I've talked a whole lot about my cooking. When we first got married, I was not a great cook. Like I had had zero interest in cooking as a single girl and as a high schooler. Like I was not interested. In fact, I actually rebelled a little bit against this idea of girls being in the kitchen. Because if you remember back in uh, the first episode of the season, I shared a little bit about the church I was raised in and how they were really strict. And there was a lot of pressure on all the girls, regardless of the girl herself, that everyone had to be really into the domestic arts, which is cool. But it wasn't my jam at that point. And I felt very stifled by that. So I was kind of like, hey, I'm the girl who doesn't cook. I'm the girl who doesn't want to be in the kitchen. I'm going to be doing other things. And so I maintained that attitude until I got married. And then suddenly I had had someone to cook for and I kind of thought it was cool. So I started to try to learn how to cook, but I was really into the processed foods still. Like you may have heard the story, like my, my signature dish was spam and cheese sandwiches. And not just any spam and cheese. Like I grated my spam and that made it better. 
I would grate it with a cheese grater and grate the cheese with a cheese grater. And then you mix it together and put it on a piece of French bread from the store and you broil it. And Christian probably actually would still eat those <laughs> if I let him. I haven't made those in a long time, you guys. Anyway, that was my specialty along with a lot of things that required pudding mixes and Cool Whip and uh, refrigerated pie crusts. I'm telling you all this because we all start somewhere, right? Uh, so I had been working on getting better at cooking as we bought this property and I had this free time with a baby, you know, just sitting at home. I wasn't working anymore. So I started to play around with things like homemade tortillas, which was like a light bulb moment when I realized that that could actually happen. Like who would have thought you could make a tortilla that doesn't come from the store? And I was playing with different, you know, fancier desserts, cooking from scratch. And in my quest for recipes, I had stumbled across some blogs and I would read these blogs every day. And these were just regular women like me who were actually celebrating the act of homemaking. And that was just really inspiring to me. I was enthralled with, with this idea of how they were doing it with excellence and doing it with purpose. And I just loved it. So I would just devour these homemaking blogs. And one thing that kept coming up again and again on these homemaking blogs was food stuff. And they would talk about these ingredients and I didn't know what they were. And they were talking about like coconut oil and carob powder and um, succinate and using honey and whole wheat and soaking and souring. And I'm like, this is strange. But I, I kept reading and I kept learning and I started to figure out and I started to understand why they were eating this way and why they were encouraging others that this was a good idea. And side note, a lot of these blogs, if you haven't already figured it out, were a part of the Weston A Price Foundation when that was really, really popular on the internet for a while. It still has some popularity, but it was like the thing when I first started getting into to cooking whole foods. And so that's kind of where I started um, learning about grains and properly preparing grains and things like that. But anyway, so I was starting to be indoctrinated, if you will, into this world of whole food cooking. And I had been reading these blogs for a while and they had really helped me and given me a ton of inspiration and felt like I had some camaraderie. And so I thought, well, I'm sitting here in this house all day with this baby. Christian's gone. I need something to do. Maybe I should start my own blog. Maybe someone would care to read about what we're doing here in this little tiny house out in the middle of nowhere. So I started a blog. I opened up a free blog spot account. I decided to call it the Prairie Homestead. I thought, you know, well, what do we do here? It's kind of a homestead with our little garden. And by then, I think we had a few chickens and we did get the goats. Yes, we did have goats because remember that story from a previous episode where I shared our pregnant goats gave birth three days after I gave birth. So we had dab we were starting to dabble in this homestead world a little bit more. And the, the, the word homestead was appealing to me. I loved the word prairie because it reminded me of little house on the prairie. And so that's what I called it. And I opened up this blog. I remember it was a brown background and I just threw up a simple little graphic and I just started rambling about my life and what we were doing without a lot of purpose. Um, but it was at least kind of an outlet for me. And I'll never forget 
the moment. I had been blogging for a little while, not seriously whatsoever. And I was just talking about our little life. And I, it was a friend who I knew in real life. And she had left a comment on Facebook. It was a sweet little comment. And she said, you know, I really like your blog. Um, I would love to do what you're doing someday. And for some reason, it was just an innocent little comment that was like, ding, 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 a light bulb went off. And that is, I guess it flipped a switch. I don't know. I didn't have it flipped before, but it flipped then that this little blog that I was dabbling with could actually help someone and not just be for me and my own selfish outlet. There's nothing wrong with having an outlet, but what if this actually could have a greater purpose? So that was the moment when the blog, I really think was born, even though it existed before that, that was the moment when things started to change. And I thought, well, what if people could actually benefit from what you're doing, not just, you know, benefiting my own self. And it also, just to bring things full circle, like to um, underscore that back in my high school days, when I was a shy little homeschool girl who wasn't super well-liked by other girls my age, I spent a lot of my time not only riding my horse, but I had taught myself how to code HTML. And that is a type of coding, in case you're not familiar, that you can use to create blogs. And so when I was 15, I had a blog, not about homesteading, it was about horse horses. And it was as obnoxious as you can possibly imagine a teenage horse loving girls blog would be. But I coded it myself. I uploaded everything via FTP. And I limped along with a free graphics program and did all my own quote unquote graphic design, which just cracks me up that I had that as a little bit of background to you know, then launch my current blog today off of. So you never know. I love to to look back on our lives, you know, the things that seem the most innocent and the silliest sometimes end up being those stepping stones to something bigger. And that's definitely what happened with me. All those hours that I sat in my parents' office coding my little blog paid off greatly as a young uh, mom with a baby who needed an outlet. So kind of crazy. Anyway, my takeaway for you out of this episode is if you are unhappy with something in your life, know that you can change it. Another way to say this is that your mess can become your message. And this lesson has been underscored to me over and over again in my life in many different ways. But this was a big one. This one still sticks out because, you know, I was really unhappy is the word. I wouldn't say I was just unhappy, but I, I needed something more as during that period of my life as this young mom. I, my body was telling me I needed something more. My brain was telling me I needed something more. And It was so crucial that I took the steps to change my situation and create that, right? Um, Instead of just staying where I was and continuing to hit my head up against the wall, that choice to keep trying different things, trying new things, putting myself out there made all the difference. And so many times in my life, the mess, the thing that bothers me, the thing that feels like um, it's the obstacle, it's the spot I'm getting stuck 
or the thing I don't like about my life, that mess time and time again has become my message over and over. You know, the mess of me being shy or not having a lot of confidence ended up becoming a springboard that I can help other people without confidence or even just silly things like me sometimes being annoyed that I live in a place that has such horrible wind. And sometimes I'm like, Jill, why did you choose to homestead here when the wind is so ridiculous? This is a complete waste of time. You're making it so much harder than you're on yourself than it should be. Believe it or not, the wind has inspired Christian and I to do things better and to build things stronger on our homestead. So I, it's caused us to be more creative and to think outside the box. So the mess of the wind has become the message where we can learn how to build things better and help more people with our ideas. So my challenge for you today is what part of your life is just bugging you right now? Maybe you've thought I'm stuck here or I can't change this or I don't like how this feels. How can you shift that? and turn it into something good. Or maybe just shift it and and say, it's time for me to not do this anymore and to make different choices. So it's always exciting when we get to that point. I hope that was helpful and inspiring to you today. As always, I'd love to hear your revelations. Feel free to post about it and tag me over on Instagram, or you could even direct message me if you'd rather. I'd love to hear what's coming to mind as you listen to this season. So next episode. What are we talking about? Let me look at my notes. Oh, yes. So we're going to talk about how I took this little blog, which started off very humbly and transformed it into something better, something different. Um, And this was really the part of the story where I get to grow a whole lot and continue to shed a lot of the things that I carried around the stories and the beliefs and the labels. And this was a big part of that growth process, which can be painful at times, but it's always good in the end. So we're going to dive deep into that next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it so much if you could drop a quick review over on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Reviews just help more people find the podcast and bring homesteading into their life. And thanks so much for listening, friends. We will talk again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.